Hi friends and awesome mothers. My name is Adol and I'm a proud mother of four. What I'm realizing over time is that doing it right as a mother is the thing that I care about the most, but also hands me the greatest of challenges. In order to get direction, I put together a chabura of mothers that joined to learn through my mother's super popular parenting curriculum. My mother is Mrs. Gitty Horowitz and she's taught hundreds of mothers in Baltimore in recent years. I get to sit down with her every week and either reflect on a topic that we discussed in the group or talk over something that's on my mind. I hope you'll find our conversation meaningful, helpful, and encouraging. Enjoy it. This podcast is sponsored by the Intentional Jew Podcast Network. Check them out at intentionaljew.com. I thought that maybe we could stretch the school topic for one more week. You know, the last two weeks we were talking about what's what role does a school play in my child's education? And then in the last week we were talking about, you know, different, different, what, what we should look into in choosing a school. So I guess before we, before we move into the next part, do you have anything else that you, that you've thought of over time that you think would also be helpful to someone choosing a school? So a few things that we didn't discuss, that we didn't really talk about, I don't, I don't know if, I don't remember that we talked about them, um, are the curricula. You want to know that, that what they're teaching in the school is aligned with what you want taught and how you want it taught. And, um, in terms of hashkafa, in terms of, um, you know, how much they cover, um, through, you know, I'm talking now through eighth grade through high school. It's not, you know, I, I don't think that the preschool it's, it's so terribly important what they cover till they're, you know, in, in third or fourth or fifth grade, honestly, um, what you, what you want, what you want then is, is more skills. Um, you want to make sure that the teachers that are teaching are going to imbue them with a love of learning. Um, so, but, but the curricula as you, you want to look at the eighth graders, who's coming out of this school? What do they know? Where are they going? What high schools are accepting them? Um, what this is all, like? of course, when you have the luxury of choosing, you know, of options. Of course. Right. I, I'm, if you have no option, you have an option. If you're living in an out-of-town place and, and there's one school to send to and you're going to send to school, then you're sending them there. And you, you, you're part of the choice of living there is sending to that school. That's just the choice you made when you chose to live in that city. Um, the truth of the matter is, though, that um, out-of-town schools are, are often have a, have a lot of ni- nice nice perks. Like the classes are smaller, um, the the teachers are are more um, uh, you know in tune with your child, and they they they're able to meet meet their needs more than a very large class. Um, they might know you also, so it might be more of a community type of school. And so there, there's more of a caring about the child. It's not just, I'm teaching Maishi. I'm teaching Maishi, who is my friend, Karen's son. You know, like okay. there's, there's a difference. Um, Michael Steele once came to Basiakov. Uh, Michael Steele was the, um, one of the heads of the Republican committee, or maybe he might've even been the, I'm not sure now, maybe the, um, lieutenant governor, maybe he was the lieutenant gov- governor when he came to Big Yakov to, to see the school and to see how, how we taught and to see what we accomplished and how our, how our students did. And I put together a, 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 like a whole file 
on, on what we, you know, our curriculum and um, how the girls did in terms of standardized scores and et cetera, et cetera. And, um, and like a, a few paragraphs of what Bisiakov is and, and who it caters to. And he read through it and he met with teachers and he met with students and he met with parents. And afterwards we had a round table discussion with him. And it was so interesting to hear him say that he was blown away by the school. And he said, and he thinks a big part of it is that when it's a, it's a community school, which we all knew, but the way he, he touched up a community school was friends are teaching friends, children. And when you teach your friends, children, you care. And it's not okay if a kid doesn't do their homework. You're going to find out what's going on and what you can do to help. And if there's anything that the school can pitch in. And it was just an amazing thing to to hear him say that, you know, we can't possibly, you know, uh, duplicate this in a, on, in a, on a public in a, in a public uh, situation, a public school, because it's not what's happening. And it's just a totally, totally different situation. So um, out of town schools ha- especially have this flavor to them that they're, it's, it's friends teaching friends, children. So that's a, that, that's a very positive thing. Okay. So I'm getting off on a right, tangent now. Right, right. No, but that's great. Cause sometimes I, I think that's very important because I, so sometimes if someone's, um, you know, looking into like coming from more of an in-town um, upbringing and looking into an out of town, they sometimes they have this fear of like, oh no, if there's only one school, what if it's not the perfect fit? So sometimes it's good to realize that there's perks that don't even exist in an in town school. In, a, in an out of town school, there's a, there's a breath that's that's allowed because it's necessary. You have to have a breath of acceptance, and um, because you know you're you're not going to have all of one kind. Right. So and there's exposure to all different kinds. And, um, that's, that's not, a bad and it's thing. part of a, it's part of a full picture of a, of a life that's, that's, that you choose that has a lot, a lot of upside. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I, I think okay, if you do so have choice, getting back to what we were saying, if you do have choice and there are four or five or six or 10 schools that you could send to go look right. at, go look at how the kids play at recess, go look at, go look at the graduating class. What do they look like? Where are they going? What are they doing? Right. Um, how do okay. they treat each other? That's a very, very important. You, you want to see what, what the school produces. Interesting. Okay. So curricula and what the school produces. Okay. And you want to make sure they align with your, with your hashkafos because you don't want to teach, be teaching the kid one thing when the school is, is um, preaching and teaching something very different. It, it's, it's so very can I push that one? Can I push that one? Can I push that one more step? I I, I have a hard time with that. I don't, I don't. I'm not sure exactly. Maybe I needed an example to know why that could be such a like. Wh- what in what in what situation could that be a problem? If the ch- if the school is telling the child they have to do something in order to to be to that that something is halachic. And, and that's not how your family functions. That's not, that's not your, your rabban, the, the rub that you follow doesn't say that that's uh, a halacha. Um, it, it can become very confusing for a child. Um, Could this be, is this, is this, this seems to me that it's limited in, in like um, outer things like, like dress, for example. No, well, you're would living in Israel. Somewhere I, else? I, yeah, it would apply. I would think it would apply to Shemitah. Um, it would apply mm-hmm. to, um, dress is certainly one of them where kids can be, 
confused or use it as a, as an example of, well, I don't have to listen to something else. Cause I don't, we don't listen to this. I mean, I, I, I don't see why, why can't it be that a child comes home and says, you know, we learned that you can take the Shemitah example. You know, we learned that, um, you know, the only, the only possible, the only possibilities of things we can eat are, you know, Otsar Bezdin because this and this and that. I, I'm making up an example just not to get into all the stuff, but, and, and to that, and like, as a parent, you can say, oh, that's so interesting. Our Rav, so-and-so, um, told us that, in that, um, we could do this and this and that, and then explain to them that there's such a thing, explain to them that there's such a thing, that, that, that is very important that every family has a rav and that they go to them for all their shilas and there's certain parts of halacha that have differences of opinion. I don't know why it's a scary thing to teach. There's differences, that's a great exposure. Your, your teacher who taught you that has fear of Hashem and, and the halacha that they were taught is like this and that's right for them. And this is right for us because every family has a rav and, and, and they follow the halacha of their rav. You know, and, and so I, depending on the age and, 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 and maturity of the kid, it can, go, can get into more detail. That's like a mid-range explanation. Then there's like a much more simple explanation, say, you know, like a very basic elementary, like, yes, some Jewish people do it like this and some Jewish people do it like that. And for some kids, that's enough. And that's true. You're not hiding anything. And as the kid matures, you explain more and more about what differences of opinion mean and what halacha is and how halacha was um, developed over time. Like, I don't, I don't know why that's such a problem. To is is that is my question? I guess is is that so confusing? A child is going to um, act based on on what make what what makes sense to them. So if you, if the school tells them you, you can do X and he comes home and his parents say, no, that's, that's how they hold. We say you can do Y. Mm -hmm. That's very confusing for a child. Now, does that mean that there are no children that are going to be able to handle it? Those, those children that are, are very compliant and just do what they're, you know, do what they're told and are, don't question too much and don't, um, it, it will be less of an issue, but as a child gets older and those ch children that, that aren't, are, are, don't take, don't, don't take things sitting down. And the truth of the matter is that's not a bad thing. You know, right. they can start questioning the school and the school might not like that. And, and they're, they're, you know, they, they don't want their, their, um, standards and their sensitivities questioned out loud and that could cause issues. Um, so you just have to be very, very aware of it. I, I'm not saying what you're saying is wrong. And in a perfect world, um, we'd have a school where, and you grew up in such a school where, you know, to a certain degree where you had a halacha right. teacher who taught, well, this is what Ashkenazim do, and this is what the Sfardim do. And, and this is the two, two different ways of the Sfardim Paskin. And so he was very knowledgeable and he was able to give all the different sides, but that's not right. so common. 
So mm-hmm. um, especially when you have different schools that cater to very narrow um, uh, sects of the population. So, so it, it can cause issues. And, um, and, and if a child is going to do something differently at home and it's, and the school is aware of it, it could be that, that the child will not feel comfortable in the school are comfortable to ask questions. And that's not a, a comfortable place for a child to be. So why would I want to send my child to a school that does not align? If I have the opportunity to send them to a school that aligns with my hashkafos and my, and, and the, the psaac that I have for my rev, why would I send them to a school that aligns differently? Why would right. I want to put them in that, especially when they're younger and when they're older, they won't want it. So I, right. I would also, as you're talking, I'm thinking about another point. There's also a difference between a community school where it's not that everyone's one way and your child's different. It's there. Everyone's coming from everywhere and it's a whole mishmash. And it's not like if you're going to do it this way, you're going to be the odd one out. Right. You know, that's one situation. And the other situation, like, and then, and then that, that in a way is easier to manage because because it's it's you're less of like the sore thumb as opposed to a school where everyone's really really looking like they're doing the same thing and you're and you're like you know but we don't do that in our house or we do it things a little differently here so that i I can understand child to be mature beyond their years people want to fit in people want to feel a sense of belonging um adults want to have a sense of belonging. Uh, if everyone, right. you know, if everyone's doing, let's say if everyone's covering their hair one way, you don't want to walk in with your hair covered a different way. I'm not right. saying there aren't people that can do it and, and have that backbone and, and they can do it as adults. Children have a much harder time. They haven't decided who they are yet. And they, they want to, they want to fit in and, and, and that make, it makes sense. Right helps them develop them, you know, develop into who they are. Right. There's also, so that's some, why it's so important. Just like Nigel, that's why it's so important to choose a school that you are happy with what the product looks like. Because if your child looks like that, I'm going to be happy for my child to look like that. So then I, then I, I am more ready to send my child to that school. I, I, I go back and forth with this. On the one hand, I'm like, it just seems to me like it's so much more beneficial to to have a mixture as opposed to all. Because once you're going for everyone being one kind, I mean, obviously everyone's different, but one, like from the outside, then like it just gets to be very nuanced. Like you're almost like pretending that we're all the same. So I agree with you. And in a perfect world that we would have that. Um, you grew up more that way. Your husband grew up more that way or very much that way. Um so you have, like you said before, you, it's, you can't, I think it's a, it's a, it's dangerous or it's too much, it's very challenging to send a child to school where everyone is doing something. They're all penguins, black and white. And she walks in with a red dress. Why do that to a child? Right. So, so you want to try to find a school you particularly would prefer to try to find a school that is, um, you know, a rainbow. Or, or just like little agenda, like, or the, the emphasis is not placed on like agenda things like more just genuine education, but not so not, not agenda either way. Just like, like our school told us when we, when we, when we were applying, they said, 
they said, we don't like take a major stand on like things like, like Zionist related stuff. They're like, there's a lot of kids who come from families that like, they want to say halal on uh, Yom Atzimut. So they have a, uh, they all go downstairs together and they say halal together. And these kids don't. So they stay here. It's like, just, they give like everyone an opportunity to do what they do. And you're and comfortable they don't, like, with that. And they don't really like take any stand on it. You do this. Is it like, like to me, that's like ideal because it's like the, the school respects the family and they respect the differences and they're not threatened by it. So you found a school that, that is catering to your sensitivities because your sensitivity is not to be so sensitive or to be sensitive to everyone, everyone else. So that's something yeah. that, that you like, and that's something that you can relate to. Um, right. And that's, that's okay. great. That's great that you found that. And especially in Eretz where things are often extremely, extremely narrow. Right. It's pretty rare. I would say I don't have much experience, but you know, anyway. Okay. So, so what I was thinking of is <clears throat> someone brought this up to me recently. So I, um, I was thinking to talk about it and it comes, it, it's a little bit related to school. So it's perfect. Next topic. Um, is there a time that, you know, school's not working out, something's, it's not going smoothly for the child, the child's not happy, is it proper to pull out, just pull out, this is not the right, my child's not happy, and my child needs to be happy when they go to school. Okay, so you could stop right there, (laughs) that terminology is, is not, is, that's, I don't even think it's what you mean, my child's not happy, Um, and I'll quote from Rabbi Tversky, um, he says in his parenting book that parents nowadays want their children to be happy. They want their children to be happy. He says, I don't understand what they're saying. Give them a nickel bag of cocaine and they'll be very happy. Um, so I'm quoting him. It's, I did not, I did not say that, although I have quoted him many, many times. I don't think that's, that's what we want our children to be. That that's not our goal. I just want my child to be happy. I always tell parents, if I had a nickel, for, I forgot a nickel bag of cocaine. If I had a dollar, okay, for every time a parent said to me, I just want my kids to be happy, I, I wouldn't have to, have to work. I, I would be independently wealthy. Um, parents say that all the time. Yeah. Um, someone else said, and I, I can't remember who said it, but um, I can't remember. I wish I could so I could give them the credit. But someone said that um, there was there's a story about a, a, a father and son during the Second World War, um, and this the the the, um, um, the 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 father had the opportunity to send the child on the kinder transport, and he knew he would never see his child again. So he, on the on the on the platform of the train, the train platform, he put his child on the train and he and he was waving goodbye and saying goodbye and running after the train, screaming to his child in Yiddish, which I will not say because I don't speak Yiddish, but in <laughs> Yiddish he would scream at he was screaming after his child, be a good Jew, be a good Jew. Um here, here he was he, he knew he was never gonna see his child again. He didn't say be happy, be happy. That was not, that would not have even entered his, his consciousness. Jews didn't act like that. That's not what, that's not what we want. That's not what we wanted from our children. We want our children to be a good person, to do good, to be good, to accomplish good. Um, 
it's not about it's not about happy. Mamela, as they say, if a person does good, they're happy. What makes us happy? What makes us really happy? When we give something, we do for someone. When we give to someone. When we help someone, that's what gives us a real feeling of of good, of, of happiness, of satisfaction. So so we have to first define our terms. We want our children to be happy in school. Give them recess all day. Is that why you're sending them to school? They will be happy. They will be. There's no question. They'll be happy in the, in, in the, how we define, you know, happy today. I don't think we mean happy. I I think we mean that um, we want our children to feel good about themselves, that they are successful, that they are, um, that they're well liked, that they're appreciated for who they are and that they have what to, 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 um, to contribute to society, that, that they're, that they're, that their offerings are accepted and, and appreciated. Um, right. It's much more complicated than I want my child to be happy. So there's, there's a, there, what you just asked is a huge question. At what point do we pull our kid out of a school? Right. Um, I'll tell you the specific example, but this can come out in so many variations and so many, like, you know, there's so many instances where a kid, or like you said it more, like uh, more accurately, like a child not feeling successful, liked, uh, productive um, in a school. But this particular example is, let's say, a child who um, is struggling socially. And the reason they're struggling socially, in this case, is language, but... Um, for whatever reason, they're struggling socially, and it's not bringing out the 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 best of them, and um, they're just be it, it's they're they're experiencing they they it's it's not doing well for the for the child because they they're not building up confidence. Everything's causing you know more and more problems. And this person was advised by someone who they really respect. You know, your child doesn't belong in school if it's so challenging. You know, take them out take them out because, because how could you put your child in a place that's so challenging? And I had mixed feelings about that because I thought, you know, it's true that, 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 that it's, it's hard and, but is the question pulling out, you know, her, 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 in her situation, it would be, you know, the child would have to stay home and have like private teachers, more like a homeschooling style, even temporarily for a year or two, but until they can like catch up to the proper level. But I was wondering, even if that was an option, which it's not really an option, practically speaking, um, but even if that was an option, is that an answer when it's not going well, pull out? Doesn't that give up? On the one hand, it's, you know, it, it, it sympathizes, with, it, it validates and sympathizes with the child. Like, this is, this is too hard for you. Let's, you know, let's make it easier. On the other hand, it's, you know, let's just start learning about real life is that, Things are not going to always be so easy, and and how can I support you along the way? So I, I think that th- th- this was a specific situation, but maybe, but but I, I, it seems to me like this would come out in all different kinds of scenarios where, you know, there's there's something about the child that's not fitting with it could be with a teacher specific. You probably have this a lot in school, like a teacher student clash. So some parents would be like my kid can't be in her class because, you know, she looks at her funny or whatever. 
that that's like a silly example, but for whatever reason, there's a clash. Absolutely. So it could be with a specific teacher or a specific class with friends, social, you, you know, at what point on the one hand you want to help them with a challenge. On the other hand, you want to also set them up for success. And maybe a situation is damaging and not an opportunity to be successful. So like, you know, going between those two sides. And honestly, if we want to finish this conversation in two sentences, I think you, you just hit, hit the nail on the head. And that is, we has to be assessed whether or not it is damaging to the child. Because even though, you know, children can learn resilience and children can learn, you know, feel very good about overcoming difficulties. And that is what builds resilience. And they, they can learn to, to that, not, that everything is going to be the way they want it when they want it that way. Um, all of that can be true and, and it can be, it can be great. The question is, is the child being damaged by being there? And if the answer to that is yes, then that's, that's something very, very significant. And it has to be, you know, it has to be, it can't be taken lightly. So um, I think in, in the next, in the next time, in the next time we speak, we can talk about all the different, um, all, all the different variables that come into to making this decision. But I think if I had to chalk it up to one major um, one major variable that could really, um, um, what's the word, could trump all the others, it's if the child is being damaged. And It's um, funny because I didn't even mean to say that word. I meant to say challenged. Well, God, I said it by mistake, but there you go. That, that's, but that's what that's, it is. It's whether or not the child is being damaged. And I don't think that happens. I think children are much more resilient by nature, especially if they have, and this is another variable, a very warm and loving home and a very secure home. Um, I, I think that's a very, very, very major variable when it comes to whether or not a child will be damaged in school. Um, but yeah, it, ha it has to, and what other things can be put in place so the difficulties and challenges that he's facing in school won't be damaging, that it will just be understood by him as a roadblock that I have to learn to get over and I, or get around one way or the other. Um, and, and, and we can talk about, uh, talk about those, those, um, those variables and, and what you can, what a person can do to, to try to minimize the damage as much as possible. Um, so that it's really not damaging, um, um, damaging to a person's life, to a child's life. Um, mm -hmm. and, and, um, you know, put them in a, you know, help, help the situation so that, so that they, they can learn how to navigate it properly without, damaging them to, to, to a point of no return, God forbid, which right. is pretty, I think, I think pretty rare. Right. So you're saying, you're saying the general rule would be try to, try to move towards staying and working with, unless there's, there's a real, unless there's a real like danger of not, not necessarily physical danger, but unless there's a, unless there's a possibility of something really 
being damaging. Right. Right. When a child comes home and says, I don't want to be there because it's too hard for me, or I don't want to. Okay. So let's deal with that. Let's not put him in a situation where he feels he can be successful. Let's modify things. Let's, let's change things up a little bit. Let's put him in a situation where he feels more confident um, and where he is more, more capable. Right. So then next week we could talk about, talk about what, what, what variables are we going to talk variables about? Variables that are, that can be, that can be changed, that, that cause a child to feel in, incompetent, unsuccessful, um, angry, um, frustrated, whatever type of, however the anger is going to be manifest and what you can do to, um, support, 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 support them. them and help them feel confident and help help them to be more successful and help them help, help it decrease the anger. And, I, and I'll give you some examples of kids that were taken out of certain schools and put into other schools where they, you know, the kids needed special ed and they weren't getting it in the school that they that they were in. And they were moved to a school that had, that was, was a special ed school. And the child completely did a 180. It happens. It wow. happens. Okay, yes. great. So let's do that. So we'll talk about that next week. Okay. <laughs>